Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Climate Change Clapback. And if you're new to joining us, prepare to be informed. I'm Eucalyptus. And I'm Lavender. And we will be your hosts for today's episode. The topics we will be discussing today is regarding how cultural and religious affiliations affect a person's perspective on climate change. We have chosen to research Christianity, Catholicism, Buddhism, atheism, and Native American culture. The differences found across religious and cultural groups varied among beliefs in human-induced climate change, the level of consensus among scientists, their own efficacy, and their need for policy responses. So let's dive right in. In a 2010 Pew Research Center telephone survey of U.S. adults found 81% of all adults, including strong majorities of all major religious traditions, favored stronger laws and regulations to protect the environment, while 14% opposed them. While 47% of those who attend worship services at least once or twice a month said their clergy speak out about the environment. Few adults describe religion's influence as most important in shaping their thinking on environment protection. Just 6% of U.S. adults in the 2010 survey said religious beliefs have had the biggest influence on what they think about tougher laws to protect the environment. This is coming from a more broad perspective of all religions. However, we want to dive deeper into the specifics of each group's perspective starting with Christianity and Catholicism. It's interesting to note that after conducting research, we noticed that not all Christians have the same perspective when it comes to climate change. With each different denomination comes a different viewpoint on the topic of climate change. Some reject environmentalism, some embrace it, and others modify it to fit their beliefs. In the article, Understanding Christians, Climate Views Can Lead to Better Conversations About the Environment. Emma Bloomfield separates these different viewpoints into three different categories, separators, bargainers, and harmonizers. Emma explains that this idea in this quote, one separator who I interviewed argued that climate scientists use good causes to further evil agendas. This person thought environmentalism was an evil force. Bargainers, tend to accept environmentalism, but will modify or reject the aspects they do not want to support. Harmonizers, which is typically the majority of Christians and Catholics, tend to believe that taking care of the earth is a part of being a good Christian, even if they do not actively participate in environmental justice movements. They might believe it is an individual responsibility and not something to be controlled by the government. The perspective that I find the most interesting is that religion might play a key role in either swaying public policy towards or away from action to mitigate climate change. What do you think? We recently sat down with Lavender's parents on a phone interview where we discussed their viewpoints on climate change coming from a Christian household. I really enjoyed talking to both my parents about this issue because it's something we've never really talked about before. They're both very open-minded people. Both of them shared similar but different views about climate change and what we should be doing about it. So Lauren's mom took the perspective of the bargainer. She believes climate change is real and human caused, but is too overwhelming of an issue for her to think or learn about. She prefers living in the moment, taking it one day at a time, and doesn't want to change her lifestyle. 
She trusts in God, she loves the earth, but believes God will save her in the end. She is also very devoted in her faith, but views climate change as more of a political issue that she does not have any power over. She provided the quote from Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth, as now known, will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The polarity surrounding climate change is a big reason for why we have not gotten very far in fixing this climate crisis. Many people do not like to discuss this topic because they view it as a political standpoint. This all leads back to the idea of power and what could be done. When we have big political figures discussing how climate change is a hoax, people will believe them because a good majority of our society believes that when you hold a position of power, you know all the facts. This is when it becomes important to question authority figures and what they have to gain from stopping any further action. It's crazy to think that something as simple as doubt holds that much power in negating climate action. My dad is a very open-minded person. His life growing up was not easy, so he always said that God saved his life. His faith, as it is for my mom, plays an very important role in his life. He says that he is a Christian first and a citizen second. However, this does not mean that he doesn't believe in climate change or that it's not important to him. He believes as Christians, we have a right to take care of this planet and do what we can to help the earth as God's stewards. We are not in control of the planet, but we can make changes in our everyday life to show God we are being good stewards of what God has given us. He said, it is important for all people to take care of the environment as God has given us domain over the earth, which is a great responsibility and privilege to have. He does believe climate change is a part of the rapture that is mentioned in the Bible, even though the Bible does not specifically mention climate change. The world will eventually be burned in fire, 2 Peter 3.7, meaning that he believes climate change is just a part of God's plan to destroy the old and bring in the new heaven and the earth. He carries the strong opinion that God's people should be in unity when it comes to caring for our planet and provided this quote from the Bible. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. 1 Corinthians 1.10 It's interesting to note that after conducting research, most Christians are not unified in thought, which makes me wonder about the power they could have in combating climate change. Aside from that point, we will now discuss our own personal experiences growing up with religious affiliations. So I actually grew up in a Catholic church. I went through all the stages. I did First Communion, Baptism, Confirmation. I did all of that. The whole nine. Yeah. (laughs) But what's interesting is like we never really discussed like climate change. I mean, granted, I stopped going to church after I got my confirmation. I was done. I didn't like my church, so I stopped. We all have different opinions, but that's just how I felt. Understandable. So when I would like go to like church and like mass and all that stuff, like we never talked about it. In my youth groups, we never like discussed like climate change or like anything. All we really talked about was kind of taking care of the earth. Um, But then like after church, we would have like things where like we would go and get donuts afterwards and like drink our coffee and all that stuff. And they wouldn't be recycling the donut boxes and they were using styrofoam cups. Yep. 
So it's just kind of like interesting to see that they're not like practicing what they preach. And there's a lot of people in church. Like that's a lot of waste every Sunday, Saturday. There's a lot of like youth group services on Wednesday and they're always having like functions where they got donuts and coffee cups. And that's what I'm saying. Like the amount of waste they're like producing when they do all this, but yet they say, oh, take care of the environment, be mindful. It like doesn't make any sense to me. They're just not really providing like how we do that. They're just saying, yeah, we need to take care of the earth as stewards, but we're not really going to provide you any help with how to do that. No, exactly. So it just, I mean, that's how it was for me. I mean, I'm sure every church is different. That's just kind of what went down when I was going to church. Yeah, no, it was really similar for me too. We always had, like they talked about, they never directly mentioned climate change. The same thing with the Bible, how the Bible doesn't ever mention climate change. It just mentions the rapture and the earth will burn up in fire. It's also kind of like though, when the Bible was written, like no one was expecting like climate change to happen. So you kind of just have to base off what they say about like taking care of the earth almost. I don't, I don't really know. No, it was the same for me when I was growing up. I don't even really remember it mentioning to take care of the earth. Like we just discussed like little simple Bible verses or, you know, John 316, like for God so loved the world, that whole, whole thing. I don't know. It was just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it's common sense to just like be mindful of your waste product. But I know a lot of people don't view it that way. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really help us or make it a big deal. No, we were growing up. No, it was very like standard. You know, you get to church, you have your coffee, you do youth group, you sing the songs, and then you go home. Mm -hmm. It's nothing deeper than that. No, I agree. I guess that's why it makes sense that there's a lot of differing viewpoints when it comes to Christianity and their perspective on climate change because they don't really give you like a handout saying, This is what we're going to do for the climate. This is how we're going to fix it because we love God, you know, and He gave us this earth. It's just. We should take care of the earth as Christians and nothing more than that. It doesn't relate to how our society currently lives and we're not adjusting to that. But but it's weird though, because what you would take away from that, you would assume that people of this religion would believe that climate change is real because you're sitting Mm -hmm. there saying, take care of the earth. So you would just kind of like assume that like Catholicism and Christians, like they would agree with us that climate change is real so it's weird that there's still different viewpoints on whether or not they think it's like true and what that whole situation is yeah and that's where it comes in uh politics whatever you believe affiliates with the party you're a part of it's just it's weird how confusing it's gotten and it just makes no sense really because i agree with you it should take care of the earth then yeah okay i'm gonna be a climate justice activist person but no it's not like that no weird let's take a short break to discuss a quick ad we feel is important to bring up we are working on our senior project where we are building a mini library slash pantry for our community it is a take what you need and leave what you can philosophy and our hope is that it will be a support system for low-income communities or any community that lacks access to diverse books and may not be able to afford basic needs. So if you have any non-perishable food, toiletries, or diverse books that you would like to donate to our cause, reach out to us or we will have a donation box on the Sonoma State campus in the Hutchins office, or more specifically, Billy's office. Our hope is that we will have a wide selection of books so that our community has options on what they would like to educate themselves on. 
Some ideas on the types of books we are looking for might include topics like climate change, different cultures, psychology, or even your favorite novel. We appreciate any and all donations. Our next topic we wanted to discuss was Buddhism's view on climate change. Buddha taught the four major truths that could provide a framework for mitigating climate change. I might butcher this, but dukkha, the origins of dukkha, freedom of dukkha, and the path leading to freedom. This can be translated into simpler terms as disease, cause of disease, a cure is possible, and treatments that lead to a cure. This forms the framework for recognizing climate change, understanding we are a main cause for this, discussing ways to help the environment, and then proceeding to take these steps. BBC states, the Dalai Lama said, we are the generation with the awareness of a great danger. We are the ones with the responsibility and the ability to take steps of concrete action before it's too late. This means Buddhists have to make themselves aware of the damages they do to the environment so that they can then act to change it. Most Buddhist believes people need to live simply and respect the cycle and balance in nature so everything can continue for future generations, which is interestingly also a perspective of Christians. It is important to note that while most people make the claim that I won't be alive in a hundred years, so who cares what I do? It's not my problem. Buddhism focuses more on the aspects of how to keep Mother Earth living and thriving. To some Buddhists, living skillfully means to live without producing waste. The whole world benefits from avoiding needless exploitation. However, because the Buddha did not have a lot to say about the environment in his day, most teachings about protecting the environment come from modern Buddhist teachers. Some forms of Chinese and Japanese Buddhist teachers teach the idea of interrelationship of everything. They focus on the fact that humans depend on nature just as nature depends on humans. When we harm a part of this world, it will eventually backfire on us as a species. Harming one part of this whole is the same as harming all of it. Therefore, Buddhist claims that if people learn to live simply and in harmony with the world, the whole of the environment will benefit. Have you ever been stuck on campus all day and realize you have forgotten to eat? Classes are hard enough to sit through, but when you're hungry, it makes it impossible to focus. Well, do I have a solution for you? Lobo's Restaurant is finally back open on campus and the students are raving. Not only do they have a wide selection of meals and appetizers, but it is currently the only restaurant open on campus, so you never have to pick one over the other. You might recall they used to have a delicious turkey sandwich and these things called wolf bites, but they wanted it to be a brand new experience for everyone, so they took mostly everything off their menu and replaced it with new items to try. Fun, right? Now you never have to worry about forgetting to eat before class again. And if you are over 21, you even have a wide selection of four beers and four wines that you can choose from. They are open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, so head on down to Lobo's and let us know what you think of their new menu. Now, back to the important stuff. And now we're back with religion and climate change. Our next topic is Native American viewpoints. Knowing that these tribes are faced with the brunt of negative effects of climate change, Native American tribes rely heavily on what the earth offers them 
However, with flooding, drought, and forest fires becoming more relevant due to climate change, they are being forced into a new lifestyle that is having negative effects on their cultural beliefs. In the Pacific Northwest, coastal erosion and storms are eating away at tribal land, forcing native communities to try to move inland. In the Southwest, severe drought meets the Navajo Nation is running out of drinking water. At the edge of the Ozarks, heirloom crops are becoming harder and harder to grow, threatening to disconnect the Cherokee from their heritage. Many houses and school buildings are being flooded on reservations, causing tribes to be uprooted and find new places to rebuild. It hurts to know that the people that appreciate the earth the most and do the least amount of harm to it are the ones most susceptible to the effects of climate change. It is important to note that these tribes have been displaced multiple times by our government, being left with lands that are unwanted and often inhabitable. Sorry, I might butcher this, but the Kilate, how do I say that? Quailu? The Quailu Nation is a collection of about 135 homes on a narrow slice of land at the edge of the Olympic Peninsula that jits into the Pacific, about 100 miles west of Seattle. As temperatures rise, the atmosphere holds more water, producing more frequent and intense storms. High winds now regularly knock out the electricity, while homes along the main street are vulnerable to flooding. The single road that connects the community to the outside world is often rendered impassable by the water. Just hurts my heart to hear about it. In the New York Times article, author Christopher Flavo interviewed Doug Woodruff, chairman of the Quillette Tribal Council. Woodruff states, climate change has forced us to make the heart-wrenching decision to leave the village. Without a cohesive national and international strategy to address climate change, there is little we can do to combat these impacts. Since we're talking about Native American culture and its relationship to climate change, I wanted to bring up a book we read during my first year of college. It's called Braiding Sweetgrass by the author Robin Wall Kimmerer. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Kimmerer uses her knowledge and experience of indigenous wisdom in botany to create a new framework of what we can do to create a more sustainable world. And it's similar to that of Buddhist ideals. Her main ideas include reciprocity, gratitude, indigeneity, and reconciliation. She notes how important it is to have a respectful and loving relationship with the earth. By this, she means it's important that we give back to the earth as much as it gives to us. She believes the only way we can combat climate change is by combining indigenous knowledge with Western science. So what really like strikes me when we're talking about like Native American culture and climate change is that like we mentioned it, how they have literally been pushed into lands that are inhabitable, basically Mm -hmm. lands that like literally no one else wanted because Mm -hmm. they aren't good land. So they're pushed into these lands and now they're being forced out again for something that's once again our fault. Mm-hmm. Like it's our fault that we have this climate change issue and it's our fault that they're being pushed out once again. It just hurts my brain to think about because they are leaving the smallest impact on climate change. They are so good with the earth. The relationship is outstanding. Like they were the first people here and now we're just kicking them out. 
Like, how does that make any sense? It really doesn't add up. And it just really makes me think about our government and how we're controlling these things and kicking the people out that don't need to be kicked out. Like that movie that we watched on the two kids that were in this beautiful land and they were kicked out even though they were living this simple life. And it just doesn't make sense in my brain. It's also just like super, it just like makes me like really angry because Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are seeing like literally all this go down they're the ones being affected the most by the climate by this like climate crisis and yet they have no say in what's going on they have no say in like how to fix things like what we can do to fix things and no one listens to them mm-hmm. but they're the ones that are seeing it like right in front of their eyes they're seeing it way more than we are mm-hmm. like yeah when we have like forest fires or floods it obviously affects us like deeply mm-hmm. but we can rebuild we like have the materials to do that we have like the resources and the money and we we can go on with our lives their lives are permanently damaged forever because they rely on the earth even though they're living the lifestyle that is better like we could learn so much just reading braiding sweetgrass freshman year it helped me so much with like what i can be doing in this inner relationship that i have with the earth around me and how even if you don't believe that the earth has any energy and source you know, you're still getting this source of energy that you're sharing with the earth and you have to be able to give back in order to receive the energy. And we're not doing that. I don't understand why like our government doesn't like hear them out because at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, like we like, it's not just them that we all have to work together to Mm -hmm. like make this like change and make it work and like Mm -hmm. fix this if it's even possible to be fixed. Like we've read Mm -hmm. so many times that this is irreversible and like nothing like, can be changed about the damage that has already begun mm-hmm. but like we can prevent the rest of it from happening it's just like super frustrating because i don't know what like like say like us too like i don't know what we could do to make it so the government gives like native americans like a bigger voice in mm-hmm. like this debate that we're having even though it's not even a debate it's happening it's real mm-hmm. it's just like at this point it's just more conversation of how serious it is and i feel like if they were to hear like native american tribes out like they would see how serious like this mm-hmm. like crisis is and how like it's actually happening and there's really bad things that are going on and cuz we don't get to see that with our eyes no. like living in like suburban like towns like yeah. we don't see it like all they we do. have are forest fires right now yeah and we don't experience any of the other effects and like I said, like we can rebuild, like we, it's easy peasy for us mm-hmm. to rebuild. It sucks. We lost everything, but we can rebuild and re- mm-hmm. like keep going. Yeah. Like they can't. So. Yeah. It sucks how easy for us it is to be oblivious about this. Like they don't get to be oblivious. They're living through it. They're struggling every day. And I feel like that's why like when we do hear them out, we don't like take them seriously because mm-hmm. we don't get to see it firsthand. Mm-hmm. And I'd that's what like something that a lot of people don't realize is why we need to listen to them, why we need to hear them out. And just think of like all the good it could do if we did work together with that culture and we were able to like take ideas from braiding sweetgrass and everything they believe in, how we could either like combine our current lifestyle with theirs or even just like take theirs on how much it would help the climate. Cause I can only imagine. Cause she says like, it needs to like work with like our like Western technology uh-huh. and like what they're seeing. And I think that could like make such a huge difference on this yeah. whole entire like problem that we are having right now. Mm-hmm. So I, it hurts to think about, it really does. But I think braiding sweetgrass and their 
culture just brings up great ways that we can combat climate change if we if there's even a possibility to like we could be doing so much better than we are now i agree traveling through sonoma county and looking for fun stuff to do well we have great news for you sonoma county is known for its hundreds of amazing wineries and delicious wine sonoma state even has its very own wine spectator building Stop in to Merriam Vineyards, and with its great view and family-friendly environment, you are sure to have a great time. I personally have taken a trip to Windsor to visit this amazing winery. It has comfortable outdoor and indoor seating, and the employees really know how to make you feel like family. They always provide you with great recommendations as well. They have over 10 different wines for you to choose from and an adorable vineyard dog running around that is certain to make you want to hang out even longer. They are open from 10 to 5, Wednesday through Monday, so stop on in and have an amazing time drinking some wine. Now, on to our next and final topic. When it comes to atheism, we had trouble finding more information on what their views on climate change were. This is because they don't believe in any specific religion, so there was no religious views on this topic. We felt that because they don't bound themselves to religion, it gives them a more grounded perspective when it comes to the subject of this world's issue. We discovered an article where author Mark Morrison states the atheist agnostic non-religion group is 43.8% and Buddhists are 45.7% and they have a much higher percentage of people located in the alarmed and concerned categories than the sample overall, which is 33.3%. Further, atheists and agnostic non-religion groups, which is 16.3% of them and Buddhists, the 2.9%, have a lower percentage of people located in the doubtful and dismissive segments than the sample overall. The main reason we wanted to put this topic into this podcast is because atheism, it's not necessarily a religion or culture. It's just kind of like a group and these people like don't belong to any specific religion or any religion mm -hmm. at all. So it was curious to see like what they believed about climate change. Mm -hmm. Since they have no like outside influences that are affecting their perspectives like these other religious groups or cultures do. Like there's no one sitting them down on Sunday at 10 in the morning saying this is what we believe or this is what we don't believe. You know, they're just kind of independently thinking about these things. Yeah, no one's telling them, like, what to do about all this. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of hard to find stuff because, like, they're, they don't have, like, a religion. So mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to find viewpoints because there's so many different ones at this point. So I'm thinking back in the second grade, you know, I was raised Christian, so I had very Christian beliefs because, you know, I didn't know anything else. There was this yeah. kid in my class. His name was Kellen, right? Kellen Moran. He is probably one of the smartest people I know now, but he was an atheist at the ripe age of like six. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And he was, was it like his family? Like, were they like, atheists? I think they were all atheists. Okay. So it's so, like how we grew up with our like religion yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. So that was like our background and his background was very like open to him. He was allowed to think what he wanted to think. His parents could think differently from him and it didn't really matter. I feel like that's so beneficial, like, when you're growing up mm -hmm. and, like, trying to have your own, like, thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. He was so intelligent because he had the access to look at all of these different resources and come up with his own opinion compared to, you know, where we are reading the Bible and it's 
this is what we mm-hmm. say and it goes. This is the only answer that's like acceptable and like possible like mm-hmm. kind of a deal. Yeah, but he was very invested in climate change and climate action from a young age, you know, because he didn't have this, I don't know if it's directly correlated to not having a religious background, but it definitely helped. Mm-hmm. And he always would talk to me about how much he wanted to help the environment, all these things he was doing as a young kid. And I just think like, I don't want to like rat on religion, but when you have the option to think about it for yourself, are you going to be more inclined to want to help the environment if you don't have someone telling you what to do? It's also just kind of interesting that he was so informed about like this topic at such a young age, Mm -hmm. coming from like us who grew up like in church, like doing all that. We like didn't really know anything Uh -uh. about it until like our older years and like maybe, no. Maybe honestly, maybe even college for me. I feel like it was never talked about. No, not at all. I took an AP environmental science class in junior year of high school. And that is the first time anyone mentioned climate change to me. Yeah, we had one of those too. And even like in that class, like not a lot. They didn't really talk about global warming that much. No. I don't know why like we aren't being taught this at such like a younger age. And I mean, maybe it has to do with our religion and maybe like, this topic doesn't correlate with some certain, like certain people's religions, but at the end of the day, it's the science in it. Yeah. But that also brings up a whole other like discussion of like science versus religion. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it just to gets believe. too polarized. And yeah. that's where the problems always come back to is these people arguing over what we should be teaching kids or what we should be talking about, what we believe. And it's like, why, why are you stopping the conversation just because two people don't agree? I, I doesn't make sense. No, I feel like that leads into a more deeper conversation that would probably mm-hmm. benefit us a lot more. Like, don't just stop because I don't like, we don't agree with each other. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think climate change should be taught in schools from a very young age about sustainability, what we can do, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Not like your religion, your religious beliefs shouldn't stop you from being educated about this. Like I, it was for me. I expected like atheism to kind of just like believe more into the science Mm -hmm. because you know how it's either, oh, like you either believe that God created the earth or the big bang. Yeah. Like it's like Mm -hmm. two different like beliefs. So since like they don't have like that religion, I feel like I like assume them to believe more in the science, science aspects. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, It just brings up a whole debate, you know, that you could talk about as is religion stopping climate action or is it going to be the thing that helps it moves it forward? (laughs) God, right? I mean, God, shoot if I know. (laughs) Yeah, right. But that's that's all for now. But now we have another fun ad to talk about. So here we go. So. Like, as I mentioned, like, we grew up, like, my family in a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And my sister, like, fully did not, like, enjoy herself. Like, she didn't agree with it. She didn't believe in it. Okay. She, like, my family, like, my parents, like, kind of forced her to go through the whole, like, baptism. Well, she had a choice with baptism. She was yeah. a baby. But, like, with First Communion and, like, confirmation all that, she didn't want to do it. Um, not that really any of us did, but, you know. Like, she we, was outspoken about it. Yeah, she was, like, outspoken about it. And so now, like, after she did all that, she, like, considers herself, like, an atheist now, Um, which is, like, could partially be a joke, but also it's true. Like, I, she doesn't believe in, like, a higher power like Mm -hmm. that. She doesn't believe in any of it. I'm not even sure she knows what she believes in. But 
she like believes that climate change is like real like she like says like look at the science of it like obviously it's mm-hmm. real like there's like nothing you, you could like prove you to deny it. it yeah you can't argue that it's not real but and she like wants to do stuff about it but it's just like a matter of like what do we do mm-hmm. like how can we how can like one person make such an impact mm-hmm. especially when the whole world is like out against it yeah like the governments and everything that should be the ones making the changes are doing the least and it's because like if they like make that change that's a lot of like corporations that yeah. are closing like a lot of businesses mm-hmm. like done for and they rely on that yeah like freaking capitalism man like look at the Koch brothers they're yeah. like the biggest oil industry and that's why they're like paying like backing all of these political figures so that way these political figures if they win or in office they like won't do anything to like mm-hmm. like change it i no. guess and then they stay in power they stay rich and it's really a twisted mindset that's yeah. happening currently yeah but uh, my brother's like on the opposite spectrum like he was raised in church with me and he kind of he never really grasped it until he reached high school but he's not doing anything about climate change. Like whenever I bring it up, he's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. It's like uncomfortable for people to talk about because Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like when you almost like you're sitting there and you're denying it and you like know you're wrong, like you just avoid, you don't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. anymore. And you just project and you say, you know, you turn down everything the other person is bringing up Mm -hmm. and you just argue against it, but not in a way that makes any sense or is an actual reliable resource that would actually negate the evidence yeah but just putting the other person down it's become such a personal attack yeah they like sit there and they like gaslight you yeah it's it really sucks it's really interesting to see like these arguments and like where Mm -hmm. people stand on it and how like i've noticed the people who disagree that climate change is real or like say it's like not a big deal there's not like a lot going like there's not a lot of damage that will happen mm-hmm. are like the people who sit there and just simply don't want to have the conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I remember I was at work, my old work in good old Roseville, California, and it's a very Republican town and they, anyone would bring up climate change and they just laugh. <laughs> and one time I was having this conversation with one of my coworkers, who's a good 60 years old and everything I would say Like if I was like, you know, we need to do better for the climate, he would just bring it up to like, well, how are you going to do that? What's actually going to happen? Like just kind of stopping the conversation where I'm not able to answer these hard questions that he's posing. And like if like the government doesn't know what to do, how the hell are you going to know what to do? Yeah, why do you think I know what to do? Like I'm just, at least I'm acknowledging that it's a problem instead of avoiding it because I can't do enough. Or like just disagreeing wholly. Yeah. No, and I, I hate having conversations with this guy because he makes me feel so weak, like, when we're talking about it. It just – it frustrates me so much when I talk with him. I get so, like, amped up, and then I lose my words because he's proposing these impossible scenarios that I can never answer. And it's, like, when you sit there and you have conversations with people like that, it makes you just, like, not want to talk about it Exactly. At all. It makes it, like, hard to even sit there and, like, talk to them about, yeah. like, how the weather is, how the day mm-hmm. is, and, like, stuff like that. Yeah, like, we need to change the ways that we're having conversations. 100%. Surprise! 
One more ad before you go. Pongo's is a delicious family-owned Thai place that is sure to make this restaurant a part of your weekly dinners. Pongo has owned the restaurant for over 20 years and still does his part to cook food every night and provide great customer service with a smile. I've worked there for over six months now and I refuse to eat at any other Thai place because it just does not compare. Right when you walk in, you feel at home. The only difference is you don't have to cook or clean up after yourself. The, the variety of food we have is huge, so make sure to bring your friends so you can try everything. But don't forget, our portions are huge, so you most likely will have leftovers. We have a fully stocked bar full of beer, wine, and mixed drinks, and on Thursday nights, we have karaoke night. There are always specials listed on the board, so if our menu isn't big enough for you, there's always more options to choose from. So make sure next time you are craving Thai food, you go to Pongo's in Petaluma. To sum up, we found that many people state that religion could be the main reason we are able to fight this battle of global warming. This is because they believe that religion gives people something to believe in and be passionate about. If the religion they believe in focuses on saving the environment and protecting Earth, then that is what they will do. We're hoping it does not have the opposite effect. Overall, we both really enjoyed conducting this research as it brings up a whole new perspective when it comes to the topic of climate change. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope we have provided information that will stick with you and hopefully even encourage you to have this conversation with your friends. Don't forget to check out some of our other podcasts while you're here. We hope you all have a great day. Eucalyptus and Lavender out. Peace. So even though we're done having the conversation about how religion might affect your personal beliefs on climate change, we just wanted to ask if you wanted to stick around and listen to a couple bloopers that you are free to do so. And if not, feel free to check out some other podcasts. Thank you. See ya. In a 2010 Pew Research Center telephone survey of U.S. adults found 80... Stop it. Stop. <laughs> It's interesting to note that after conducting research, we notice that not all Christians have the same perspectives when it comes to climate change. With each different denomination comes a different viewpoint on the topic of climate change. Some reject environmentalism, some embrace it, and others modify it to fit their beliefs. In the article, Understanding Christians, Climates Can View... We recently sat down with Lavender's parents on the on a We recently sat down with Lavender's parents on a phone interview where we discussed in a New York Times article, author Christopher Flavel interviewed Doug Woodruff, chairman of the Quillette Tribal Council. Woodruff states, climate change has forced us to make light... Since we're talking about Native American culture and its relationship to climate change, Climate change. Climate change.
Now on to our next topic and fun. Stop it. No. I in in December. Spit it out, Junior. Uh. <laughs> Is it recording? Wait. Oh. Wait. Oh. Oh shit. No. No. Oh, thank you.